0: Hello everybody. Welcome once more to the Honest Bicycle Program coming to you on the Wide Angle Podium Network. I'm Greg coming to you from Boston.
1: And that's Francis coming to you from East Hampton.
2: West Hampton.
1: Oh. <laughs> awesome. Oh. Same as that's okay.
0: that's Mattio making mistakes in Minneapolis.
2: <laughs> oh, crap.
1: <laughs> You know when Greg busts out the alliteration, I've done something really wrong. Oh,
0: well, it doesn't have to happen that often.
1: <laughs> I'm, you know,
0: I'm a firm but fair hand on the tiller of the of the SS uh, Honest Bicycle Program.
1: SS Honest Bicycle Program.
0: So it's been a couple weeks. Uh, you know, what what's uh, what's go- what's going on?
1: I'll tell you what's going on over here. I got the windows open. It is legitimate springtime.
2: It's legitimate springtime for me here today, but it was not springtime yesterday. It was like angry, angry March with wind and stupid on my bike ride. I didn't like it.
0: But if it's legitimate springtime, does that mean, like, you have ways of just shutting that whole mess down?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, since I'm a woman, I just I just kind of shut that whole thing down. You know, I just, I'm just like, wind, get out of here. I don't want that. I don't want you touching me. Um, and then, yeah, it just kind of goes wow. from there.
0: Outdated political <laughs> references. That's uh, our stock and trade. <laughs> Maybe not that outdated. I don't know.
2: Uh,
1: tear down this wall.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, right, so, I don't know. Over, over in the... Um, uh Ranks there's been big races Happening uh, And that means big stories about big things There's there's, I don't know there's been a couple major ones on For the men we had the two Big cobbled classics uh, so Flanders Happened and Roubaix happened and of course they are races and we can talk about them But where everyone's really flipping their lid Is um, disc brakes Once more
2: Yeah
1: Disc breaks. So, the, the backstory for any of our audience who like doesn't know about this is that apparently Movistar's Francesco Ventoso crashed and says that uh, the gigantic flap of skin and muscle that got torn out of his leg was due to a disc break and wrote this Facebook screed saying that discs have no place anywhere for anybody. Um,. And now people are saying, like, oh, yeah, there should never have been disc brakes allowed in road racing. And in- it's, like, a whole thing.
2: Well, he doesn't say no disc brakes for anybody. I mean, like, he says in his note, he's like, yeah, I, I understand how it makes sense for cyclocross racers, which I think it does. Um, he's more so saying in the pro road peloton, it doesn't really have a place, which yeah, yeah. I kind of agree with him. Given, I mean, given his, you know, given his logic given his statistics that he voiced of, like, you know, saying that there are, uh, what was it, like, 26 total discs in the uh, Peri roubaix and, you know, what if everyone was on discs and crashing all over the place and slicing up arteries?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be a problem, but here's one of the weird things about his screen is that he says, oh, and then, you know, I got into the ambulance, and uh, Nicholas Moss from quick Step, join me, and he had also been cut open by a disc. Velo News reported that they, like, called Quickstep, and they were like, so, Nico Moss got cut open by a disc, and they were like, nope, Nico Moss got cut open by something, and he doesn't know what it was.
0: Yeah. Huh. Uh, Goodie.
2: <laughs> I
0: mean, there are so many hot takes uh, flying around.
1: And then the other thing that I'm having a little bit of a hard time with, like, I don't really have an axe to grind, I don't really care who uses it, disc breaks, where, or when. But, like, I look at these pictures of these injuries, and I'm, like, having a hard time figuring out how Ventoso's, like, outside of the left knee got cut up by a disc. Full well acknowledging that, like, in crashes, you know, things are pretty chaotic and things go flying everywhere. It's just I would expect, like, the right side of somebody's body since the disc brakes are on the left side of a bike.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go all, uh I don't know. Some kind of investigative commission, on this. yeah, not
1: like there was like a second disc break on a grassy knoll. Yeah. Like how we did... definitely need a Zapruder <laughs> film
0: of of this incident, but unfortunately, I don't think we're <laughs> we're gonna get one. I, it just this has just caused a lot of confusion because there have been like uh, rumors flying around that like the UCI had decided to immediately put an end to this testing period for disc breaks. Turns out that's not true. It's the CPA, which is basically the professional riders union that was making this demand that they do that, um, which is no different, in fact, from what they'd been saying in December. So it's mm-hmm. kind of just another opportunity for them to, to say that. So the UCI hasn't actually done anything like that yet. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. Um, I can kind of understand. I, I, I don't know. My take on this, I guess, right? Hot take is. Hot take. I take yeah, alert. I take an alert. Uh I I think that if the standard for safety for disc brakes that we have going in is like no one ever gets a cut from a disc brake rotor ever, um that doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense because inevitably if there's parts on a bike present where you can cut yourself, like chances are it's going to happen at some point.
2: The question mm-hmm.
0: is how probable is it? How do you balance it against uh Possible benefits of the technology, uh, and so on. I think that the jury is still out. Like we don't know how much of a freak occurrence this is. And as mentioned, the other rider who cut himself uh, in a nasty way—it's—it's unclear as to how that happened. And there are other. And it should be mentioned there are other parts of a bike on which you can hurt yourself quite nastily, including things like bladed spokes or chain rings. So,
1: And weren't people, like, when Carbon Wheels got introduced, you know, I'm sure that if Twitter was around, people would have been like, oh, these things are gonna, like, crumple and fall apart in, like, shards of deathly plastic shrapnel.
0: Sure. Well, I'd, I'd be, Francis, as, as the uh, more anti-disc uh, person here, I'd be interested to hear your reaction to that.
2: I mean, I'm not anti-disc, I just, I see where he's coming sure. from, you know, it's kind of like the... The whole thing of like, well, it's it's not so much that is it definitely going to cause a lot of injuries? It's more so that, you know, these guys are racing and, and women. Um, these people are racing in this environment that's already exceptionally dangerous and exceptionally dangerous conditions and introducing another sharp thing into the mix when people crash, which, I mean, face it, in the Grand Tours, they often do and they do it a lot
1: It's like um, a competition in the grand tours it's like hey everyone like three two one pile up who can, make,
2: who can make the biggest pile up and i mean like you know for the layperson it's not an issue i mean it's it's you know it's it's great for the layperson and it sells more bikes because you know you have to have a whole new bike in order to have disc brakes and so it's a great marketing technique um as well um to say one thing about it but um you know, I, I see where he's coming from with Pro Peloton. It's kind of like saying, like, okay, so this job is already very dangerous. I'd appreciate if you didn't put things that were sharp in the way of my very, very soft flesh when I'm crashing. I guess that that's kind of the only the only thing I, that kind of resonates with me because, like, I mean, as I really like disc brakes, I think they're great, but you know, there is not going to be. Uh, really a situation where I'm going to be in that kind of a large pile up in a cyclocross crash where I'm likely to be smashing into someone's bike. I mean, not to say that it couldn't happen because it it's sort of could. Grid. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and I mean, like there, there's already a big sharp thing on the bike. Like you said, I mean, there's, there's a the big chainring, but um, yeah, it's just kind of like, you know, introducing another opportunity for serious injuries to happen. And, you know, it's kind of the, you know, you get into the logic of like, well, you know, if if one person gets a serious life changing injury from a disc break, is that too many people? And I'm talking like, oh, it cut someone's femoral artery and he bled out on the road. Awesome.
0: Yeah, I, I and I I understand where you're coming from on that and where he's coming from. And I actually do think that it's important to be sensitive to concerns about things. What has me kind of frustrated is all the hysteria uh about the, the just that I've seen on Twitter the last, like, six hours or so. People are flipping out! They're crazy. Uh, one thing I... Uh, yeah.
2: what, always want something to flip
0: yeah, out. Yeah,
1: yeah. And <laughs> I guess, you
0: know, I, maybe it's kind of boring to be saying, like, everybody chill instead of demanding action. Um, but one thing I did actually retweet was a comment from uh, one of the Velocast guys, Scott, saying, oh, you know... Uh, UCI's reaction, and this is when it was kind of a little confusing as to who was saying, "Oh, we're stopping with disc brakes uh, in pro road racing," saying, "You know, guy gets killed by you know in collision with a motorcycle in uh, a race." Like, oh, you know, we're going to take a careful and studied uh, look at what's going on before making decisions. You know, versus with the disc brakes we must ban the disc brakes immediately before they kill anyone. Um, and the fact of the matter is whatever the cause is like, and especially with something as actually tragic and awful as the, you know, this young man who died, uh, in a bike race, in a professional bike race after being hit by a motorcycle. Um,
1: Antoine. De yes. Thank
0: you. Um, Antoine Demonty. uh, you know, with something that really is, uh you know, not to make light of this injury, but, um, you know, much more serious when someone actually has a fatal injury. Uh But in that case, you know, this first reaction of, all right, let's take a look at what's going on and approach it carefully, is the right one, I think. And if you're going and in, in hoping that the UCI is going to be like, oh, holy crap, we must immediately react by banning disc brakes right now. That's um. Huh. Not that the UCI has this wonderful track record of, of taking a good study look at something and, like, choosing <laughs> the appropriate course of action, but, you know, you certainly you want them to aspire to that, right? Like, that's that seems to me like that, that should be the approach. So I'm seeing all this, this hysteria about it, and it's like, no, really, like, it probably is good to be a little bit measured in responding.
1: This is one of those situations where I'm pretty sure that three of us agree, except, like, we can all argue about the extent to which we agree with each other. Because, like, I, for some That's reason, true. like, Vent-
2: agreeing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> for some reason, like, Ventoso's I don't know, diatribe just sort of, like, pissed me off. But I do think that, like, road racing would be better without discs. I just think that this situation offers everyone like the opportunity to get further entrenched in the opinion that they already had before.
0: Yeah, yeah that's actually a good point, is that it's basically a litmus test. It's like, well, however you already felt, uh, this is going to <laughs> intensify that rather than cause you to question it. And I mm-hmm. have historically been pretty, I don't know, I wouldn't say I've been gung-ho about disc breaks, but I've certainly been pretty optimistic about them and, and think that they're pretty cool and, and they make sense on road bikes. But on, you know, they certainly, I would agree with people who say they aren't really necessary on road bikes. And given that it's not looking like they're going to be lighter anytime soon or more aerodynamic, you know, if they're not in road racing, it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a huge deal. So, you know, if, if that's what, if that is the end decision I can live with that you know I'm not going to lose my shit over that but it just seems <laughs> i don't know maybe it's it's silly to want everyone to always be cool calm and collected about everything that that and that is kind of my default response a lot of the time but yeah I mean you know if my knee mm-hmm. were sliced open by a disc rotor I'd probably be pretty annoyed about that
1: so <laughs> uh, but, like you know you you brought up antoine demonty's death, and like I, I feel like certainly there are there are bigger issues to tackle right now than the disk breaks
0: right but what does that mean like given that like there are bigger issues to tackle well, it is a test program, so does that mean let's put that on the back burner and shelve it, or does it mean let's continue with the test and not concern ourselves with that too much like
1: and like I'm... what's the, what's the methodology of this <laughs> test like what what i as anyone th- i'm pretty sure that the methodology of this test program hasn't gone beyond like a press release about how it was a test program
0: it's it's a little puzzling isn't it since it's effectively you know if you want to use disc brakes use them and they may or may not be legal next year mhm so
1: and there's some there's some there's some men's pro teams that are like all disc all the time well,
0: maybe not anymore
1: right but it's like definitely a logistical nightmare probably for teams
0: uh yeah well to be switching yeah it's not great because you kind of want to be doing either one or the other Mm -hmm. i mean i know that i've in my own in my own bikes in my cyclocross bikes there's a reason that you know i have one set of one
1: type of wheels yeah yeah me too
2: yeah, the wheel issue definitely is like a, it's a thing. It's annoying to have to switch out wheels or have wheels that you can't use in your road bike, your cross bike. But
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> this is why I'm fully committed to, uh, despite being very, you know, money were no object, I'd be on disc brakes for cross anyway. But that that's why all of my, my cross paraphernalia is based around cantilever brakes and 10-speed drivetrains.
1: Yeah, it's because, like, if, if something happens with your road bike and, you know, your wheel shits the bed, it's like, okay, at least I have, like, another pair of decent wheels I could use.
0: It, it's, yeah, well, that's a little trickier with roads, since I've only got, like, one good pair of
2: 11-speed wheels and one, one Oh, Oh,
1: you're feet. on 11-speed now? <laughs> ah.
2: <laughs> or if you have, like, a bazillion, you've collected a bazillion, which, that's a true number, I have a bazillion pairs of tubular wheels for cantilevers and then all of a sudden the industry is like we like disc brakes now and you're like well shit what do i do with all these wheels that are so expensive and so carbony mm-hmm.
1: yeah so what i mean what have you done if you've got because you're like you're like good at cross you need you know a couple different tires and wheels and maybe two bikes like what are you doing with your whole gigantic quiver have you are you converting to disc or are you and yeah what's what's your bike room like francis
2: Um, I mean, so when I raised for 2020 this past year, I did get a disc brake bike as my a-bike and my solution for that for the year was just to run one set of tires, Mm -hmm. um, which, uh, was not ideal. Um, I mean, like 2020 was extremely generous. They gave me this amazing specialized, you know, 2016 carbon bike with, disc bike it it was just more that so i you know had just sunk a bunch of money into carbon cantilever wheels in the past Mm -hmm. couple of years so you know i didn't have the the money to fork up to to buy a crap ton of carbon disc wheels and so i was just kind of like bah i will just run whatever i'm running right now on this bike for the whole season which Mm -hmm. was not um, I missed having, um, the option to be able to change between like Griffo's and Shankos and limes, <laughs> as opposed to being like, oh, it's dry. I will run mud tires. It is muddy. I will run mud tires. That <laughs> was well, better than the um, other way around. What was your, what was your single all around tire? Um, yeah, but they were like, I don't know. They're kind of crappy specialized tires. I should I, I should have changed them out. That was totally my bad that I oh, did not. Oh, were they not, but, Cause I like um, terrace. I don't think it's crappy, but anyway, whatever. They were Terras and they, they work except the I don't know, I, I didn't actually like them as a mud tire.
0: Interesting. Interesting. They weren't good.
2: I, I didn't I didn't find them. I mean like you get their their breaking off point when you lean into a corner is much sooner than like a, a quality tubular tire and it totally threw me for a loop and so I was just crashing all over the place. Mm-hmm. Actually, were they tubulars? No. I, I ran them tubeless.
0: Oh, okay, okay. okay.
2: Yeah, I, I ran them tubeless, so I didn't I didn't actually... I, my B-bike had my, like, nice, fancy carbon tubulars on it, but I didn't actually run that that often. Um, but it's amazing the difference those make, and, like, that's why when you're trying to race cyclocross seriously, you try as hard as you can to have an A-bike and a B-bike with matching tires on them and tires that you race consistently race after race because they really do, like, you know, they, they track differently and they grip differently, and so switching from a mud tire you used to to a mud tire you're not can cost you, you know, a lot of spots in a race, so... That's, that uh, is, like,
1: in, in, with Cross, like, you don't just learn how to ride a course, you don't just learn how to ride a bike, like, you learn how to ride all of the pieces of your gear, and I think that's one of the reasons that Cross, as awesome a discipline as it is, is freaking hard to be, like, elite at, because if you want to be competitive, even if you don't have two bikes, you need, like, three different wheel sets. And, yeah, and a second exactly. bike really helps.
2: You need that quiver of wheels. And, yeah. I mean, like, you can get away with just having, like, you have a quiver of wheels on your A-bike, and you have a B-bike, and it just runs mud tires. And, like, if you want to race at least, you can get away with that. Mm-hmm. It's not ideal. Mm-hmm. You can do that. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, it's just, like, part of it is learning the tires you're going to race on because it's like it doesn't really do you too much good to show up at cross practice with totally different tread patterns and then race on your race tires and realize that they grip up totally differently
1: yeah and like by comparison you know i like we had our first training crit of the year last night and like i had just glued up my wheels and tires and put them you know on my messenger bag and rode to the race and i put the wheels on and i Warmed up, and I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, these are wheels." And you can't yeah, you can't yeah, do much. that in cross, you know. Like, these are wheels; these are tires. It yeah,
0: it's actually amazing that that cross has is the you know this is the place where you go as a beginner. That's you know entry level friendly, and mm-hmm. you know it's not a big deal. And run what you brung. And and the irony of that is is kind of amazing because with you know with the road stuff, it's nice to have nice stuff, but the differences are. So marginal and in cyclocross, the differences are not nearly as marginal. they are, can be pretty tremendous yeah, the differences are huge.
2: And, and it's like you can't even even like paying money for a set of of rubber doesn't you know g- guarantee you're gonna ride better because it's like when I switched over to tubular wheels, I remember being like, "Oh shit, I'm crashing a lot, and you know realizing because like they bend as opposed to just giving. And so it's like, they bend, they bend, they bend, and then they give, and then you crash. <laughs>
0: um,
2: and so you have... Yeah, like, and they feel very different, so you got to... Yeah. Um, Where as, like, you know, when you're in a Criterium, you're like, ah, oh, sticky, great, I will take this corner.
1: Hmm. One, of the, one of the, like, For best sure. road riders in my area, like, has a whole bunch of nice wheels and stuff. Uh, and he likes tubulars. But he doesn't like spending money on tires, so he just... Um glues up those like twenty dollar Victoria rallies why oh, and it's like man. fine oh, it doesn't stop him from winning lots of races yeah. um,
0: <laughs> everything I know is wrong <laughs> everything is backwards
1: but like you know you you couldn't be a cat one doing that in cross, That doesn't doesn't really work
0: <laughs> no you can't be like I'm gonna be a cat one and I am going to race by like continental clinchers. I
2: mean you could
0: I guess. But Uh, like, but it's not ideal.
2: I mean, I did get a podium in a UCI race on clincher Michelin mud twos. So, oh, but those are
0: good tires.
2: (laughs) But those are also tires. When was that? When did you do that, Francis? Like, what four years ago? Five years ago? Long time ago. (laughs) Precious shoulders (laughs) off. When I was faster.
1: (laughs) When uh, when Francis Morey? Oh my gosh! I just realized the parallel. When, uh, when Francis Moray <laughs> was racing in the States, like, before a, a, a Euro season four or four years ago or so, he was just using Mud 2s, I think, or maybe, like, Hutchinson tires. Yeah, I think he was using clinchers, yeah. And mud 2s are car.
2: awesome. They're an awesome tire. Dope.
0: That's good. I just got some. They came with my new bike.
1: I've heard <laughs> that they can be set up tubeless, which is cool, and I've also heard some people, like, sending them to FMB to make tubular tires.
2: Oh yeah. I mean well, like Adam a, a did that. One. Like he he stayed at my house one year before he did a muddy race, and I looked at his tubulars and they were Dugas sidewalls with Michelin mud twos glued on on the tread. <laughs> it was incredible.
0: <laughs> um Wout Van Art won uh the world championship on Dugas tubulars with Michelin mud as in the original Michelin mud tread. Yes. Awesome. That those were that was his
2: tire. That's amazing. I mean, you, you just <laughs> can't so beat them. Sad. I mean, they're such a good, like, they're a great mud tire, and they're also, like, a good all-around tire. I mean, they're not, like, you know, as fast as a file tread, but...
1: So similar to the PDX.
0: Yeah. They look very different than the PDX.
1: They have they have the, like, sort of much more, like, stepped uh, lugs, but it's it's really, like, strong lugs, well-spaced. That's how they're similar.
0: Well, and they don't have, like, the nose line. In they the don't metal, have the nose like, line. Just the series of noses. Yeah. Which this is like deep into cyclocross tire nervery. Oh
1: <laughs> we're so sorry, audience.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's true. We're we're sorry. Sorry, <laughs> I took us on a tangent. Sorry. I no, got a of grass. Oh,
1: that was a really terrific digression. Look at all. all oh, the places you'll go.
2: Well,
0: no, I think I think I think that we're doing some good segues here. We're moving on. I think we've moved on from the disc brakes. I wanted to tell you. I I wanted to tell you guys about the new bike I got. Yeah,
1: I got a bike. How about that?
0: No, no one else. No one else excited. I'm excited.
1: Good. I good. I too. Good. I'm happy for you. Oh, good. Good. Yeah, I was. I was.
0: Uh, I was having problems. I was having um, feelings and frustrations because I've, for quite a long time, a little over, well, about a year ago, I moved from being two miles away from my job to being eight miles away from my job. And I ride my bike to work because I do most of the time anyway. Um, or I have to catch a ride or the bus or something like that. But I haven't really had a dedicated commuter bike. Except that I have this like ancient Trek hybrid, which is not nice to ride for eight miles. Uh, not nice at all to ride for eight miles. So that that wasn't super great. Uh, so I wanted like a drop bar commuter bike. So I wouldn't keep trashing my nice bikes because that's what I've been doing. And especially my cross bike, it's steel. I haven't had a chance to like break it down and put frame saver in it. So I've been riding it through the snow and being like, no,
1: please don't. And I, I figure that's probably not so bad on the frame, but it's just like hell on every other component and like every bearing <sighs> and every like cable and housing. And it just gets disgusting.
0: It's so bad. So I was like, I really want a commuter bike, but I feel like I can't justify like, spending a few hundred dollars on something that is like just for commuting and then i had a plan i had an idea i thought well if i can get a bike that i can also use as a pit bike during the cross season but otherwise have it be my commuter bike the rest of the and it's like
1: buying two bikes with only one bike's worth of money
0: yeah exactly exactly so i went looking and that's what i did and it was it was quite exciting except that it was kind of annoying because i was trying to find something that would work, for example, with my, uh, because I'm now that guy with two sets of tubulars, and now I'm that guy with two bikes, and, and I was like, okay, it has to work with my existing wheels, which means 10 speed, and cantilever brake, and ideally it would have eyelets for fenders and whatever, I'm like, oh, this is difficult, maybe the easiest thing to do is to, like, buy some, I don't know, all-city Macho Man or Surly Crosscheck or something, and, and build it up or whatever. I looked into that. And I was like, okay, that'd be affordable. But I was like, I've already had a cross tank. Like, I, I don't really want another cross tank. You want a, a little, and, like, whippy
1: crit bike for cross.
0: Well, yeah, or whippier, or anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe something that won't rust. I don't know. But I was looking around, and I found I found an eBay. I found a Ridley Crossbow. It was very small. It had the eyelet, eyelets. Uh, it was maybe a little bit more than I wanted to spend. I thought about it. And and I bought it and, and it arrived yesterday and I got it set up and I have a bike. That's awesome. Yeah, good story, Greg. Good
1: story. I like I I I don't think I've ever ridden Ridley's, but I like the idea of them. Their bikes come in smaller sizes than most companies' bikes, and I think that's great.
0: <laughs> it is so. It is such a small head tube. <laughs> it made me really happy. It is like a ninety millimeter head tube. <laughs> it's delightful. Nice. I, there's many, there are many spacers under the stem right now. There are actually too many spacers under the stem. I need to. I need to fix that. But
1: are you going to hashtag slam that stem?
0: I am not going to hashtag slam that stem. Probably. I think that that would actually be too slammed. By the way, uh, hashtag slam that stem. Guys on my team, he could hook me up with a bearing cover, mm-hmm. but uh, nonetheless. Did
1: you guys know that? Yeah, he's my I didn't me. know that he was on your, uh, uh, a mate of your team. No. Yeah, he is. Cool.
0: He's a good, good. guy. He has
1: epic hair. Um, I had a teammate who had epic hair, and he, like, donated it all to, like, a cancer patient, which is, like, a really nice thing to do. But he looked really great with, like, super long flowing hair. Like, it went through an awkward phase when it was just, like, uh, and then at some point, like, overnight, it locked in. It was, like, boom, long flowing locks. Looked great. And then he cut it, and it was too bad.
0: Oh, I really wish I could do that. I mean, I could, but it would take many years mm-hmm. to achieve it. My my hair is quite um, poofy.
1: Mine's poofy. It would never flow.
0: It tends toward poofy. Well, I, it, it apparently apparently you can get there, but it takes quite a long time. Really? I'm I'm an expert on masculine hair care, obviously, <laughs> on manly hair send me send me all your questions about that no please send me none of your questions about that (laughs) i uh, i cannot help you all right anyway i thought that there might be more to talk about that but uh no i guess not i guess other it's you know it's an aluminum bike i'm pretty happy about that because it won't rust uh i thought it was gonna ride like you know it was made out of two by fours or something it's actually not bad it's pretty comfortable I was surprised by that, um, but yeah. Anyway, so now I've got now I'm the guy who has an A bike and a B bike, uh, and it makes me feel kind of weird.
1: <laughs>
2: That's all right. Just embrace but
0: it. I'm just gonna have to embrace it. I'm just gonna have to
2: embrace it. Two bikes. Two bikes. Two <laughs> bikes.
0: I mean, it is kind of awesome. The, so the way I justified it to myself, it, well, in part was. You know, yeah, okay, so I've got two bikes, and I'm going to be, like, rolling up to the pit, <laughs> like, ghost-riding the second bike, looking like a master's racer. Uh, except that, because that's what they mm-hmm. do. Except, except, you know, so many of those, those master racers, nothing, not a, hashtag not all master's racers, uh, but, you know, they have, like, their A bike and their B bike are, like, each $5,000 or whatever, and I have probably less than that total in both my bikes. So, it's okay.
1: It is okay. It's okay to have... I'm still a man of the people. You are still a man. You are still... Uh, you still have your place on the Honest Bicycle Program. As an Honest Bicycle person.
0: I'm relieved to hear you say that. All right, what do we got? Anything else?
1: Like, in general?
0: Or, I don't know, bike bikey stuff?
1: I have this thought. I have this thought about how, like, it's been a really great spring classic season. Um,
2: I'm going to say it's been a really great spring, and I was going to be like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) You're
0: wrong.
2: (laughs) I,
1: I don't even think about that anymore. I've been, this is my sixth spring in Minnesota, and, like, it's just, it's not even springtime until late May. Like, up until late May, it's, like, it can just still be, like, 40s and miserable and raining.
0: You just said it was legitimate spring, though. Uh, El Niño. I heard the capital. Letters. El Niño. Oh, I see. Yeah. We have a very
1: early springtime. I mean, we've had like snowfalls in May regularly.
0: Ugh. And then, because I've been to Minnesota, it is still eight hundred thousand degrees.
1: Yeah, like oh, in the yeah. summer, in July and all, yeah, mostly just July. It's like okay, it'll just be like a hundred degrees and super humid. It's not like it's any more. Pleasant. It's not like the whole summer is, like, perfect, like, 80-degree, sunny and warm, but not, like, totally, like, swamp pants situation. Nope. Ugh.
0: Still got all the swamp. Or anyway.
1: Full swamp situation. Full swamp. Yeah.
0: Right, anyway, so so you were talking about, what, spring classics? <laughs> Before we... I
1: thought um, that, like, the Tour of Flanders and Paris-Roubaix were some of the best races i had ever seen this year for the men's. And then I was thinking about how, like, for... Uh, the women's world tour, like the Tour of Flanders, is like the most prestigious and and the hardest race. Like all the racers seem to say, like yeah, the the Ronda is the hardest race of the women's professional calendar. And then I was thinking about how there's no women's Roubaix, and like you know, in general, we hear a lot of women uh, and a lot of people saying like yeah, you know, like there should be um, prize purses for. You know, for a lot of cross races and for road races, like it would be great to, you know, for women to like have a race, uh, with men's races. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that about Roubaix. Which I don't have an opinion on. It just occurred to me.
2: Yeah, that's true, actually.
1: And then I also think about how, like, you know, uh, people who ride well over the, treacherous pave of Paris-Roubaix are, like, bigger people and how, you know, most of the women's pelotons like, fairly smaller, that it would... it could be, like, legitimately awful.
0: I mean, maybe. It's true that they're smaller on average, but it's not like they're, you know, aren't some... You know, there's there's certainly plenty of them that are bigger than What's me. What's up, person Build.
1: Like... We're talking about you. <laughs> They're out there. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Hmm. But it's true. I don't think I've, I've heard much talk about that either. I don't know what to make of that. Um, I'm sure that there are riders who would ride it.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, if there was, then people would ride it because it would be prestigious and you have to.
2: I mean, but the real danger for having a woman ride Roubaix is that, you know, at any given moment we could be pregnant and possibly... <laughs> the cobbles may cause the baby to just fall right out.
1: I'm pretty sure that if, sure. if we take the, like, 1970s, like, marathon organizers work for it, like, you're just, your uterus would fall out, right? Oh, absolutely. I, just I, at I, any like, moment. Just, s- like,
2: secondary to if you already have a baby in you. So, I mean, like, on orders of magnitude. I, I agree with you, though, Matty. I agree. My uterus could just pop right out and roll down the pavement. Yeah. it's It's a danger.
0: Yeah. It is very, it is very loosely secured inside the body. I, after I believe
2: all. that the medical term is clothespins. <laughs> That's what's securing it, clothespins. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'm not a medical professional. This is just what I've read, so you know. But so I, I'm I don't want concern for women. <laughs>
0: Yeah, or actually, I do want to get technical because I always, I always wonder about this because you know the discussion of 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 uterus is falling out is great.
2: Great, they're not actually often. held in my clothespins. It's okay. <laughs>
0: is that so? Well, no. I mean, I always wonder more about of a binder clip. Uh,
2: yeah, exactly. I it's stronger. What. Well, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah you Well, I, I do always I always wonder about this because I've you know, I've heard many times this thing about the uterus falling out and that's what they thought. And I'm thinking like, well, there's only kind of one way for it to go, right? Does this effectively mean that people think that you're going to give birth to a uterus? <laughs> like it I mean, in the I'm trying to be as uncrass as possible.
2: I'm imagining here. this really bloody, just like disemboweling situation. <laughs> oh
1: god.
2: Or just like your uterus falls out and then it's like a hole and just like everything falls out after it. Ugh. There's just well, that's, no viscera to hold you in place or anything. It's just like your bottom of your body just vomits out everything else. Which would be very unpleasant. Is... So I understand why they don't want it to happen. <laughs> this is
0: actually getting this has like been so much more horrifying than I imagined when I first brought this up, but I kind of regret Greg, it. But... You wanted to I... talk
2: about women. I'm this is real talk. <laughs>
0: This one, this took a turn. I didn't <laughs> edit this all out. I mean, we'll you know, it it's it like we can really just oh kind of
2: god. shut that whole thing down, though, if
0: we want. Oh, that's right. How about we shut this whole conversation <laughs> down? It's not, it's not going the way I wanted. it Did too, you
1: guys think that the Spring Classics were really awesome?
2: Yeah. Y-
0: yes, I didn't watch Ruebe yet, but I feel like I should. Oh
2: my god. I mean, I I put in the effort to watch Ruebe, and then I was robbed of the ending when the feed. Totally fucked out on me. Oh, God.
1: Well, that sucks. It
0: was... Hey, I was racing my bike Sunday morning, Mm -hmm. so...
2: Yeah, well, I was drinking coffee and eating pancakes, so...
1: Waffles over here, but... (laughs) Respect Knuckles, Francis. Respect Knuckles.
2: Yup, yup. Ah, I just punched my computer screen. Damn
1: it. It probably had it coming. The Honest Bike program gives you a pound. It was one of the best bike races I'd ever seen was uh, this year's Paris-Roubaix. Possibly I, the best. I did
0: see a gif of Peter Sagan like bunny hopping Fabian Conchalara's bike. He did some full something. he crashed in front of him. And then I saw another angle of this shot. And not only did Peter Sagan bunny hop Fabian Conchalara's bike, he did it with one foot completely out of the pedals. Yeah. I do not understand. Did you
1: also see the GIF that I <clears throat> that I made uh, of uh, <laughs> <clears throat> of Seb Ben Mark attacking in the Carrefour de la Arbre? And he's like, <gasps> that was
0: the most baller thing I have maybe ever seen. anyone see, do He like, like,
1: cuts the corner. There's like a right hand turn, ninety degree. He cuts the corner off the cobbles onto the dirt, but there's still a bunch of like rocks and crap. And so, as he's laying down an attack and taking the sick corner, like both of his wheels are just bouncing, like not in contact with the ground at all, just periodically in contact with the ground. And that's how he lays down his attack that uh, did not win him Parry Rebe again.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. I I did see that gif. I had a little moment, just a, a little personal. Just a little
1: moment. personal moment about that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I enjoyed that tremendously because that was a cyclocross thing. The coolest thing ever. The coolest. The coolest. No, race, I
1: don't even know coolest... if that was a cyclocross thing because, like, in cross, you're usually all about like staying like lots of contact to the ground, and this was like he was just bouncing all over the place.
0: Oh no, no! But the coolest thing in cross, whether you're racing or whether you're watching other people race, is like your front wheels kind of just doing things. And you're just like, whatever, I'm going to keep riding. And my front wheel's going to do things. And it's cool because I'm an awesome bicycle person. (laughs) And, like, that's, you know, especially when you see someone doing, you know, a super muddy race over in Belgium or whatever. And they're, like, railing these muddy turns and their wheel is everywhere, but they're going, like, 30 miles per hour. The bike is just, like, wandering around underneath them. Yeah. Yeah, and that was, like, that kind of moment, but, like in Paris-Roubaix. But that is like the kind of thing that if you can pull it off in your own cross race, like it's, you know, you feel like a hero. It's awesome. So it's, it's it was cool to see. I don't know. It was
1: great. I was just thinking about how I don't do hero moves in cyclocross. Maybe Francis does, I don't know.
2: Cool moves in cyclocross? I mean, that, that happens all the time. you watch cyclocross?
1: Yeah, no, but I don't uh, do it very well. I'm pretty bad at it.
2: You're cat too. The cool moves in Cyclocross that I do are usually over the handlebars, so
1: <laughs> Greg, I'm it's... a Midwest Cat too. That's like a East Coast like four with promise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's that bad.
1: <laughs> my my cat cat two races in the Midwest are like I spend two laps being like holy crap, I'm in the top ten of the one two field. That's awesome. And then I get dropped pretty fast because there's nothing but the top ten. And then it's like <laughs> 45 minutes of individual time trial <laughs> on dirt. Oh, well. And then I take a hand well, up and then I get DQ'd.
0: DQ'd for a hand up? They're
1: doing that out there? Uh, it happened once. And in the official's defense, I did jug a beer right in front of them on the course. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh,
0: Man, they're not even that. You'd think they'd be bigger hard asses in New England about that, but they're kind of not. Well, I don't know. Chugging a beer right in front of the. Fit. Maybe I'm just thinking of like Ice Weasels, which is sort of a special case and not USAC Sanction.
2: <laughs> ice Weasels was just a shit show this year. It was awesome. Secret Woods. Well, it was. Secret Woods. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, yeah, the party in the woods with things being caught on fire and like
2: the keg. We're like, or let's whatever. run away from Colin where he can't see us and have a party in the woods. And Colin was like, la la la, don't know what's happening, can't stop it.
0: My main memory office. of that race is that I cracked super hard for some reason. I had, like, just physically a terrible race, so I'm, like, cruising along at the back of the race with my friend Dan, and, like, someone hands us a bottle of this rogue Sriracha ale, and, we're, like, passing this bottle of Sriracha what? ale back and forth between us. Yo, know, the
1: whole Sriracha inclusion in everything is getting out of control. It's worse than pumpkin spice right now.
2: <laughs> you know actually I had a really good idea for a um a product. I was thinking of sriracha toilet paper. <laughs> I think it could go far.
0: Francis I can I there is a small flaw in your plan. No, I see, uh, I see no
2: flaws. I see no flaws. I
1: see flaws.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean on the plus side the toilet paper is probably already red. So <laughs>
2: Uh, I mean, it was, you don't you know, have that any like, horror
1: moments. Where I was gonna go with uh, sriracha hemorrhoid cream, but that—that <laughs> that would be appropriate, you know. It's like you remember that scene in Rambo when he cauterizes his own wound by like opening up a bullet and like pouring the gunpowder on his wound and then touching some fire to it.
0: Oh, but that's just awesome.
1: And it's like, like to say, like you know, sriracha hemorrhoid cream would be the same, right? Sriracha <laughs> hemorrhoid cream.
0: I love how I love how completely I mean there's no <laughs> just I'm trying to think of like <laughs> the, uh, the this is not a uh cauterizing solution that is known to medical science <laughs> that Rambo came up with <laughs> but because it's an action movie it works
1: I'm pretty sure that like every like war movie that's about a stranded warrior involves that exact action. Like, I watched The Revenant because I wanted to see Leonardo DiCaprio eaten by a bear, and I was not oh, disappointed. Um, I'm bad.
0: You weren't disappointed. I thought he didn't get eaten.
1: Um, I mean, I guess he didn't get, like, eaten, eaten. Now we're gonna
2: have to tag this with spoilers.
1: <laughs> he got Spoiler, kind of, <laughs> like, served up on a platter. Hmm. But then, a couple weeks of crawling around through the underbrush of the wilderness later, and he's like, Doing gunpowdery things with fire on his wounds.
2: Oh. I guess that's a
0: thing. Maybe I should see this movie. I,
1: I guess the revenant saw Rambo.
0: <laughs> Whatever the yeah, the director saw Rambo and was like, I have to do this, but with Leo DiCaprio and more money <laughs> and fewer bandanas.
1: And some dead buffalo.
0: Oh, they're dead buffalo? What is it? Dances with he, the
1: he, Like he saw that. Apparently too. in the filming Leonardo DiCaprio, like, actually ate raw buffalo liver. Whoa.
0: Is that, 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 that what, method acting? Is that what they call that?
1: Uh, method man. You're thinking of method man. Yes. Method man. Yes. He was channeling method man. He was thinking, like, what would method man do in this situation?
0: Eat raw buffalo liver.
1: Did you guys see that bike racing video that I sent you via email?
0: Oh, the crash? Yeah. At Redlands? Yeah. We, you want to break down this crash then? Is that what? We're I
1: doing? do. I want. I'm going to throw this out there to our audience. If you search uh, YouTube, you're going to find a video called Redlands Bicycle Classic 2016 Pro Crit Race Crash Final Corner. And the cool thing about this is that someone had the forethought to, like, put their iPhone on slow mo, like
0: high speed mode,
1: yeah. high speed slow mo mode. I'm watching it now. In like just like oh, perfect geez. timing to capture. A crash in the final corner, and it actually lets you like, like break down all the components of a crash that you usually like. You can't really see when you're watching it live, or when you're watching like an ordinary like replay, even when you use YouTube's like slow mo feature. And it's it's kind of cool because we see this dude's second wheel from Silver Pro Cycling, <laughs> second wheel coming around the final corner of the crit. And you see him strike a pedal.
0: And then, like... No, 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 he hit a bot's dot.
1: No, I think he struck a pedal.
0: No, 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 I don't think he did. Well. No, I'm watching this. I mean, maybe he did, it's hard to tell. He either struck a... whatever, maybe you're right. It doesn't matter, it doesn't particularly matter. Either he struck a pedal, or he hit one of the reflective um, bot's dots, or whatever, in the middle of the road. It it looks like his back
2: wheel just slides... His back wheel slides out, and then he high-sides himself. Uh, But he's he's, like, sliding... I know I felt like he was so like far. almost saving it.
1: He almost but saved it. But then he it. went
2: sideways. His and, back wheel is really sideways. And then he tries to save it, which just causes him to high side.
1: But that's also yeah, like yeah. like twenty meters away from where he initially like lost his rear wheel.
2: Oh yeah, I mean he's going fast.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. And then like the guy right behind him plows into him.
2: And does an impressive OTB pretty
1: serious Very,
2: it
0: was full Superman, in
2: fact. And
1: there's, like, a lot of distance on the x-axis going on there. Like, from where, from where McCabe hits the silver guy, to, like, where McCabe hits the ground. And then we got some people sneaking by on the outside, but we also have someone from behind who sees this happening, and just, like, lays down the bike, like, way before actually getting into the crash. So, this is regrettable, like, Like losing control in anticipation of a crash, that's a bummer.
0: I think that that, I think that guy grabbed a handful of real brains. Yeah. Is what happened. And then, yeah.
1: And then, like, this is, and we're like probably a hundred feet past the crash at this point. There's like a bike bouncing around, like without a rider, like pretty far away from the riders. Yeah.
0: Oh, so many, yeah, so boy, so much owl. Up So
2: much
1: owl. There's a lot of owl going on there. I don't think there are any ah. serious injuries, but it's it's so fascinating to like break down all of the pieces that.
2: Oh God, I'm watching right now, and the guy who went over the bars is like lying up in a little huddled ball, and then oh. this other guy crashes and just this crashes into his right. Car, right and he's like, Bye. <laughs> oh.
0: Yeah, I think that was Travis McCabe.
1: Ouch. That was Travis McCabe.
2: Ouchie McOuch. Donk. Yeah. So much smashing.
0: Yeah, I... This man... Lo- just at the speeds that they're going, losing... <laughs> losing a wheel when your second wheel on the final corner of a pro racing calendar crit. It's just like...
1: That's a, that's a damn shame.
0: Yeah, that's gonna go bad.
1: I got... There's some things that, like, should make you feel sad about bike racing for a long time. Like I got I got popped from the winning break of a of a pretty like major regional track race with like a lap and a half to go.
0: Ugh.
1: And I hope you know I, I assume that this rider is feeling like kind of the same thing of like I was second wheel, like final corner, Redmond's crit. Pedal struck, and that was it.
0: Yeah. Bad and, ru- and ruined a bunch of other people's day, too. So,
2: <laughs> Yeah, a whole pile of other people.
0: <laughs> yeah. So everyone's uh, mad.
2: Oh, God. I'm just watching that guy go over the bars and like stick his hands out, and it's like, let's break my collarbone. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: a good way to have that happen. I mean, I guess if you're going to crash, at least you're going to crash doing something badass. I hit a guy this Sunday literally crash himself on my back wheel for no reason at all nice just i was i was riding along i was riding along i was like sixth wheel in this peloton and my bike moves like starts going to the left really hard and i was like was there just like a big wind gust because we were near the coast but no 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 (laughs) it was I bet, then I realized I was hearing a tire rubbing on another tire. I was like, "Oh, I know what's going to happen next." <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: Ugh. I had an <laughs> overbarns crash last summer that was at the Exeter criterium. That was particularly oh,
0: yeah, Francis. I think that I have like the the photo of you going like upside down over the finish. Oh thing. yeah, I'm, or I'm, maybe I'm in a ball okay. or
2: whatever. <laughs> I'm in, like, a ball cannonballing across the finish line, and my bike is hovering above me completely upside down in the picture. (laughs) It's the best picture ever. Oh, that sucks.
0: (laughs) Although accompanied by much pain.
2: Oh, I remember just, like, I don't even know how I went down. All I remember is smash and then, like, hitting the ground and rolling and sitting on my butt across the finish line and being like, ow, can't breathe, was sprinting. Now I'm suddenly sitting on the ground.
0: But you did the rest of, of Crit Week, so...
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, was, I was okay after a couple of days. Someone sat on my ankle as they were crashing, so I couldn't walk for the rest of that night. But then it was okay. Lost some lost <laughs> skin. Sat, uh. <laughs> they were
0: crashing and they thought, I'm going to sit down on this comfy an- ankle
2: here. Well, by sit down, I mean sat down at speed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, uh last year when I was at Tour of America's Dairylands, which if you're lactose intolerant, it's the tour of America's diarrhea lands um and uh, and yeah, yeah like a plus joke uh, yeah oh, I've done it okay. before the key to humor is repetition, you guys
0: <laughs> is that the what key it to is? humor is repetition it's not you guys funny
1: the key to humor yeah, is repetition, go. you guys
0: go on. <laughs>
1: Um, and someone crashed on my back wheel and there was a really big chain reaction in the field and coming around on the next lap I overheard the announcer say that they were going to be pushing in crash riders from the pit 12 at a time each lap and it was <laughs> and it was like 5 laps they kept pushing riders in
0: oh wow okay that's, uh, that's pretty spank. yeah
1: <laughs> there was like the saving private Ryan of crit crashes <laughs>
0: There was a pretty, the year I did uh, Athens Twilight and uh, didn't make the amateur final because of uh, a big pileup that bent my wheel. Got to witness in said amateur final, one of those giant pileups of, uh, there's just a big stack of bikes and bodies on the road and dudes just kind of flying into it and being like, I'm going to throw myself down on this cushiony mattress of bicycles. <laughs> <laughs> like, hmm. and you know, cut, cut cut themselves open on disc rotors <laughs> to
1: bring it full circle.
0: To bring it full circle, which is probably probably where we should um, wrap it up. Actually, although you know, <laughs> probably probably have about ten minutes of uh, misguided discussions of uh, female anatomy <laughs> that I should edit
2: out. Can, I mean, can, can we I put that or bike crashes for the next ten minutes? <laughs> Can we can we
1: end the episode with 10 minutes of dead air?
2: <laughs> no, me saying um, something about Maddie, the female anatomy and then 10 sec-
0: ten minutes of dead air. now I'm going to blow your mind. 10 minutes of dead air has, is how every podcast episode ends.
1: <gasps>
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Honest Bike program, everyone. Uh, we're coming to you on the Wide Angle Podium Network in... Wide Angle Podium Network is pretty great. Lots of good shows on there. Go to wideanglepodium.com. Check them out. Uh, you can also give money to the network, to those shows, to our show. Don't forget that you can really help us out as well by leaving us a rating on iTunes or reviewing us. Uh, we really appreciate that. Uh, shoot us uh, a line. Email us. On a Spike Program. At Is it on a Spike Program? Yeah, on a Spike Program. At and we will
1: respond to your email on the air. Uh, we haven't done this in a while, but we might, and that'll be fun for you and us.
2: Yeah, yes, yeah. I mean, like, I'll just have five beers, and then we'll do it.
1: I am yes. po- I am I'm- going to email us just so that, uh, Francis, you have to, like, fulfill your promise of, like, getting drunk and answering emails.
0: <laughs> <laughs> People, please donate to the Francis Has Five Beers and Answers Emails <laughs> Edition of the podcast.
2: Yeah, no, seriously, donate because you're going to need to accumulate five years worth of monies before I can do this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, everyone, thanks for listening. Um, I've been Greg. I've been Francis.
1: Oh god, we did it again. We really hey. have to figure out a.
2: We got to have an order. Okay, Matteo, you go second.
1: Okay, I'm Matteo. Thank you.
2: And I'm Francis.
0: And thanks for listening. Good night, everyone. Honest Bike
1: Program.